And just to set it up, we are, uh, uh, we had just had the story about Simon the Magician, we had had um, P and John come down and uh, lay down some of the Samaritans, they received the Holy Spirit, uh, and we're hearing the story about Philip spreading gospel. So we get into 26 and he gets a new, uh, a new mission, and so he is told to go this way from Jerusalem down, and then at some point he meets somebody here, what we will read from that. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch of the court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Who was in charge of all, he was in charge of all the treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless somebody guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shears, it is silent. So he opened not, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. And you said to Philip, About whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about somebody else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture, began with this scripture. He told the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the roads, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water. And Philip, the eunuch, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. As they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself as at Atras. As he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. I read this and I thought, hey, I, there seems to be something missing. In later manuscripts, 37 is added. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Smart people say that this could have been added as, 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 the, as the baptism is performed, and this was what they were confessing when they got baptized. But it is not there in the, in the earliest culture of Bible, um, manuscripts. So we have this amazing story, and maybe some from you 
you've heard this story a billion times. Some of you, maybe it's new. But we have some things here that's going on. Um, and I think it's very, actually very interesting uh, that in the province of God, we've come to this pot on a day like this. This is the day I have mine here. And also, as uh, Michael was sharing his testimony, I have my covenant here, signed for next year. This passage is about a commitment to God. And we're going to see it when we read and we saw that commitment. Commitment to follow Jesus. So I think that's just, a, just an encouragement that we're at that part. Um, because it's, it's what we see in the union. He makes this commitment to want to follow, wholeheartedly follow God. And as he understands who Jesus is. Maybe just saying a few words. And I don't uh, I'm just hesitant not to go too much into it. Because there's so many things to say. But, but some things about. Uh, the, 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 um, the, the Ethiopian. He's not from Ethiopia. Today. Uh, just uh, for you language people. Ethiopian means bird skin. So this is a black guy. But he's not from modern Ethiopia. He's from what is underneath uh, Egypt. Also sometimes referred to as Kush. What is Africa but is not Egypt. More south of. But not in the today's state called Ethiopia. Uh, part of uh, the, and the lady queen is not called Candace. That is a title as Pharaoh. So just a little bit of background on those things. The Ethiopian, he has, he has been searching for God. He has been, he, he came a long way to search for God. Um, the thing is that when he went to the temple, he was not allowed in. Because he's a foreigner and he's a eunuch. Units are not allowed in the temple because their testicles might have been crushed. So we read in the Old Testament, they're actually not allowed in. He's also a foreigner, so even if he was allowed in, he was only allowed into the quarter of the foreigners. So he would be called a God-fearer, but he actually could not be a true Jewish convert. So he might even have come there to want to worship the true God who's trying to figure out who is. But the, but the Jewish system at this point can actually not totally accept who he is. So he just does bear those in mind, but he's really seeking. He's really seeking. You see that? Then Philip, Philip gets, Philip, Philip, <laughs> Philip gets his, uh, this weird, weird, strange command. And the Spirit of the Lord says, go out there. And he, the, the, what the, <laughs> the question could have been, what's out there? The Spirit says, nothing. It's a desert road. But he doesn't, there's no record, record of any, uh, lots of questions. He just does it. He's just like, oh, I'll go. I'll go out there. So have these uh, themes. Uh, so one big theme is obey. Asking questions, baptism, and how does this all work out? So that's kind of like, if you like an outline, that's kind of where we're going. So we're already in the first one with, with Philip obeying. 
And so that's where he meets, that's where he meets the Ethiopian there. And this is also some of the things that we, now we have to, as we're going through the story, we have to consider, think about these things. What about obeying? Because when I mentioned this to Khalid, she was like, oh, that's hard. So we started talking about obeying, how sometimes we don't really want to obey. And what if God asks us to do something we don't really think makes sense? Like, you have to go out in the desert, you have to leave your family, you like for Abraham. I think <laughs> when first it's the spirit, no, first it's the angel of the Lord, and it's the spirit of the Lord that uh, asks him to ask Phil to do something. And the second part, he runs to obey. Like he obeys immediately. You know, he's walking near, he just goes to that chariot, and he runs over to the chariot. So the question for us could be do we run to obey? Or uh, we have many questions. Uh, And then they, just to just to recap his story, you know, even afterwards when he's taken away, you know, a beautiful picture of Philip is that he just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it. You know, he he after this story is over, he is found over here somewhere, and then he shares the gospel all the way up the coast, up to Caesarea, and then they find him also there twenty years later. Somebody says, but he shares he shares the gospel all the way up there, and he just keeps going and sharing. Do you know how we find that? Uh, I don't. We can search for it. Um, but then, like, what should be the motivation to obey God? Well, he's got it, so we should just obey. <laughs> but but what, is the, what is it we see in the story here? Well, we see in the story how he sends somebody who needs to hear the gospel. And also, like last time in Samaria, it ends with great joy. The unit goes on its way rejoicing. So obeying God is something I think it's good for us to think about. But in this story, you know, it's about great rejoicing. And also we know in different places in the Bible it says, well, when somebody turns and goes to Jesus, there's great rejoicing even in heaven. with a question. He's reading Isaiah the scroll of me. He might have probably bought for actually a lot of money. This is a really trusted employee. He's, uh, he's probably also skeptical of his own religious system uh, because does uh, you can ask me about this afterwards. It's going to be too long ago. He has found his own religious system to be uh, not good and he has seen that from inside if you want to know more, I'll talk to you But <clears throat> he obeys the Spirit and he goes over and he says, Do you understand what you are reading? And the unit comes back, like, Nobody is helping me, so how can I understand? So, about asking good questions. Also, Michael talked a little bit about it in his, in his testimony. 
who helps and guides you to understand that better? And who do you have and who and who do you help and guide to get to know Jesus better? When you spend time in the Bible, do you ask good questions of the Bible? Do you ask good questions? Not like, I don't believe this, but do you, are you asking good questions of the stories and of God as you're interacting with His Word? With the purpose of knowing, getting to know Jesus better. We see Philip, he asks a good question. It's a very good question. Because he doesn't understand the We had this exchange at home, and I can see, I can see it myself. I'm actually not very good at asking people questions, like interpersonal. Uh, I, I just don't see the questions. But I, in my wife, she sees tons of questions for everyone. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. I, I don't seem to have the same kind of gift. I'll ask, how are you doing? That'll be kind of, that'll be kind of be mine, my question. Uh, but I think it's something about you know loving God. We come up with questions like God, God, I love you. I want to get to know you more. And so in our interaction with people, also we have that kind of love where we we see or we are asking good questions of those people as well. And also because asking questions is a really good way to learn. And I once, I think I said before, once I was teaching this, uh, some youth group, and they kept asking questions. And in the beginning, I was so frustrated. Until after some time, that I found out, well, I had learned a lot from my questions. Because then I had to go back to the Bible and learn. So asking questions is actually a really good way to learn. And then we come to this scripture that, that some of you maybe are. Uh, quite familiar with her. Um, I just see where I'm 13. Um, because are we are we are we ready? Are we ready to, to answer people's questions when they ask us about the hope we have in us? And so Peter says, Peter writes. Now, who is there to harm you if yourselves for what is good? But even if you suffer right for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that you have in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience, so that when you are defended, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good than it is for doing evil. And then it talks about how Jesus had suffered for our sins one time, and that we can be made right with God. So the question for us is, can I add the same question? I, I think, like, do, do I... <coughs> Would I be able to articulate it when people ask, what is the hope you have within you? So that's the question I keep 
like asking, can I, also if this person does it, if this person does it, can I share? You know, especially in the running, the, the two running groups that I run with, can I share if they ask? Would it make sense to? It's a good sort of question, just to ponder. Would you be like, yes, I should be. God, would you help me to do that? And can you share the good news, like, just in conversation? Can you share that here we see the, we see Philip sharing from the scriptures. The scripture of prophecy, prophesying Jesus will die. And you can say, yes, from this prophecy, I can show you who Jesus is. And can you see that the Bible is actually a whole? It's not like cut in the middle. It's a whole that tells a story about redemption through Jesus Christ. Can we share that story with others? God is the same yesterday and forever. So that was about obeying, about questions. Then we have about baptism. They were going along in this uh, carriage, and we we are uh, considering, well, what has Philip been teaching? And so I was on my way here, or somewhere else, and I was like, well, Philip, 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 Philip. Well, Philip is one of the seven chosen. So Philip has been with them since Jesus was baptized. So he's been with them for a long time. So he's heard Jesus' teaching, he's heard uh, Peter's teachings um, and on uh, Pentecost and other days. So, so Philip is not a, uh, un, uh, what do you say, he's not uh, ignorant of all the things that has been taught. And so now as he's sitting there teaching about who this person is <coughs> that I say is writing about, he's saying he, it is Jesus, he is the Christ, he's the one who, He's the Messiah. He's the one that we're looking for. He's the one. Um, he is our Savior. He's the one that can reconcile you. Also, some smart people says if you read, if he, if he had more on Isaiah and he read the next two, three chapters, he would even see that there's great hope for the unity. That he will be restored, and he will have a better name. That a, that a lot of people would have many children. That he would have been restored. That would have been hope for him also. To come into full acceptable worship, being adopted into Christ's family, the God's family through Christ. So then they're sitting there in the chariot, and uh, <laughs> there was a cool thing. There was somebody saying like, "Well, because I was, I mean, my head was like, this was one guy." No, no, he's like, he's super rich, and his traveling at this point is like really dangerous. So he probably has plenty of people around him. You know, the person driving, you know, that would be called riding a carriage or something. I'm not so good with the, uh, those things. But then, and then he would probably have a whole like, set of people that he would be traveling with. So as, as he's sitting there reading, I say out loud, all the other people are here. And there's a chance that other people could hear what they're saying. But I mean, I guess it depends on how close they are, how much noise the horses and everybody makes. But then, but he's, he's traveling in this, uh, but then uh, as they're coming around the bend or something, he sees water. He sees water out there. And he's like, hey, what prevents me from being baptized? And, and he goes in, and somebody says, like, why is he asking what prevents me? Well, because the Jews were even before prevented him from so many things. And then, then we... We can see the, how we put in the verse 37. 
But Philip has probably just asked that God at once, like, do you believe? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Like what people ask, not people, what Peter says in Acts. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? As your Lord and Savior. Then you can receive the Holy Spirit. And I will baptize you. And so Philip, <laughs> Philip uh, he takes him. And they go in there. He, say, he, he baptizes them. And then Philip disappears. And goes somewhere else. But the eunuch is like so excited and so rejoicing as he goes. He has just been accepted and redeemed into God's family. As broken as his body was from his job, now he's restored it to perfect relationship with God. Where the before was barriers of praise and, and other things. Now he's accepted as God's child into God's family. As we, as we look at this, what is, like, we're looking at what is the baptism? Have you been baptized? That's actually also one of the things in our covenant. We're saying you need to be baptized. Well, you need to believe in Jesus and you have to be baptized at some point. Why is that important? Well, it's important because Jesus asks, that's what he asks the disciples to do. Jesus even himself gets baptized by John the Baptist. But is it just about the water? Is it the water that cleans our sin of? Peter says, no, it's not the water that cleans the sin of. But we do it as an outward expression of something that's happened inside. That we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And we are going to die to our old life and resurrect to new life in Jesus. And that's where we read from here. Uh, which is also, it's not called here, it's called Romans. Um, so I'll just flip over to the Romans. Romans 6, oh, 5, it's 5, 28, For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many were made, all made, will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sins increase, grace abounds all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also may reign through righteousness, leading to an eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What she was saying, and are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we die to sin and still live in it? Do you not know that all of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried there before with him by baptism into death in order just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may, might walk in the newness of life. So that's what baptism is. Symbol of or symbol of being dead to sin and being raised to life in Christ. And to be challenged just a little more, although you might have done that, is it still a daily thing where you're saying, I am a disciple, I'm a follower of Christ. 
My life is all about Jesus. To love, to glory, to worship Jesus. Is He your world, hope, and your Savior? Just a short go through this again. Do I run to obey? Do I ask good questions? Are you prepared to give a reason for the hope that's in you to share the good news about Jesus? Have you been baptized? What does baptism mean? How does all this work? Well, the gospel is free, but it costs you everything. Now, so we can't, we can't pay for our salvation, not with money, not with works, not even a little bit, because it's all by, done by Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection made a way for us, like me, that was impossible for him to come to God, to be reconciled to God. The problem is that we rebel against God, and we became our own God to trust in ourselves and weigh all other sorts of saviors. The gospel is a free gift to receive by faith. As we trust in Jesus, we stop trusting ourselves, turning and repenting from our sins, and we can be forgiven. We can accept the Lord as, as Jesus as our Lord, and we, can, and we can now live for Christ and not ourselves. When we accept Jesus, though, it's totally free, but the cost is everything. Because now we live for Christ and not ourselves. We're asked to daily take up our cross and follow Him. That's why it costs us everything. Because we're here to live for Christ and not ourselves. So it's free, but it's cost you, but it costs you everything. Because Jesus doesn't come to save 50% of you. No, He comes to take all of you and make you. So it's free, but it will cost you everything. But it's good. But it's good. Because as Paul writes, he says, like, the things you did before, those are all the things you're afraid of, you're ashamed of now. They produce all bad fruit. So it's good not to live for oneself. It can be such a privilege to live for Jesus. So all those ambitions and strangeness we had borne so much before can now be laid down at the cross and say, I want to follow you. And then the consequences are amazing. It's great joy. Why is it great joy? Well, it's, now there's no condemnation in Christ. We are adopted by the King, free in Christ, true meaning and purpose. We can worship, and we can have true joy in Christ. It's living the way we are created to live. 
for the purpose that we was made. We was made. We were made. And then just the last question. Um, and I, was, I think it was Mars that one time said it. And he was starting to pray that he could share the gospel every day. And I was like, I want that too. I forget sometimes to pray for it, but I have that desire. Wouldn't it be great if I got to share the gospel every day with someone? And I just think it's so encouraging. Like, do we have that desire as Phil? You know, he, he gets one mission, he gets another one, and then he just walks up the whole coast and shares in all the villages until he gets there. Um, so just that's just something that I just want would want us to want to think about that. Like, what if I could share that gospel every day? This six, no, that's not 600 days, that's 360 days in a year. I was like, that's a, that potentially a lot of people. And sometimes you really need to share the gospel with yourself. And we need to do it with one another so we keep encouraging one another that this is actually really true. Um, yeah. So that, those were my encouragements for today. Uh, do you run to the obedience? Do you ask good questions? Baptism? How is it all possible? Because the gospel is free, but it will cost you everything. But it will also give you everything. And eternity. That we were made to have a true right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the way for him to come back. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. Uh, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the obedience to fill, to share the gospel. That the gospel, we just see the gospel spread now, just like you said, Jesus, it would. From Jerusalem to Samaria, and now we see it spreading into Africa. And Lord, we're thankful, we're thankful because we live so far away that the gospel, the gospel have, have reached us. And Lord, God, we thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much that you show that this is a free gift for everyone. Thank you that you show that it's great that it costs us everything because it can produce in us not this false happiness but a true joy in all circumstances. So Lord, I just thank you for this time that we can encourage each other with your word and the goodness of who you are. Um, we want to bless your name. Uh, we pray for each point, Lord. I, I, Lord, help us to see you as an amazing God that we want to obey. Not because we have to, but we want to. Um, help us to we want to run to obey. Um, help me to ask us questions out of love. Love for our other people, because you love me. Ask us to be able to, to give an account of the hope we have in you, Jesus. And then let us just look at the day you're baptized and just treasure that every day. That we die in sin and we're raised to your life so you Jesus, we can have great joy in this life as you ask us to walk. Let us, I don't just pray for me and us, but let us have this desire of sharing your good news because it is so good. You've done it so much. And then you may stand up.